Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 210, which we're recording on Monday, January 13th, 2020. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's a special episode. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to us. <laughs> Eight years this month. We are blown away. Absolutely blown shock. away. Yes. How can it have been so long? In a blink. In a blink. Absolute blink. Yeah. And tonight we are recording at the Santa Cruz Yacht Harbor. And it is a beautiful evening. The lights are reflecting off of the ocean. And we're hoping that the boats turn on their Christmas lights, even though Christmas was a couple weeks ago. So we're yeah. hoping some of the yeah. lights come on. So it's a beautiful evening to celebrate the beginning of eight years. And to celebrate, we are... We are taking a trip around the world. We want to celebrate <laughs> all of our friends and designers and sheepies and all the things that have made the world a much smaller place if you're a knitter. That's an excellent way to say it. Yeah. Know? A much have, smaller place. It's a much friendlier place. Exactly. Because <laughs> thanks to Ravelry and Knitting, I have friends literally all around the world. And I know people are listening from places all around the world and we just want to share some love. We do. So we picked different designers and yarns and sheep breeds from around the world. And where should we start? I think we are starting in Argentina. Buenos Aires, <laughs> home of Jorge Locatelli. Yay, Jorge! <laughs> I looked at my projects in Ravelry and I believe I have knit 36 different <gasps> Hohe Locatelli oh, you patterns. counted them all. I tried to count. I know there may be some that I have done twice. Oh, now I'm going to have to go home and count and put it in the show in the notes in the Ravelry thread. <laughs> so it it may it may not be completely accurate, and I may have missed some. Thirty, but I believe thirty six patterns. Wow. By Hohe Locatelli. And we discovered her right about the time we started podcasting, or maybe we a little did. after. So 36 in... In eight years, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This year alone, I knit her Puntia pullover sweater, her Cedar pullover sweater, and the Storm shawl. And the reason I go back, I think, believe, to Hohe's patterns is that I have a really high success rate with her yes. patterns. So do I. Very rarely does one not work for me. Hohe designs casual garments that fit my lifestyle. Same. And I've knit three of her sweaters just this year. So I went back and looked at the year. I am wearing my super simple summer sweater right now. I wear it all the time. And I knit two Like a Clouds. And especially the gray one I wear all the time because it's my around the house sweater. So high yeah. success rate. And I knit the slow curve shawl. That was the one I added the fringe to. Right. And I may have knit another one too, but now I can't remember. So thank you, Hohe, for being <laughs> such a delightful designer, a nice person. I've really enjoyed her Hohe's Journal video podcast that she started probably longer than a year ago, probably. I would say a couple years, that because part. I think it's been three or so years since she did 
the podcast in Spanish. And then she started this one shortly after then that one, after she stopped recording the previous one. See, time flies. Time flies, time yes. Flies. To me, it feels like it's been less than a year. And <laughs> so in preparation for our trip around the world, I did look up Buenos Aires, Argentina online just to see what it was known for. And I found a couple of fun things. One, that Buenos Aires has beautiful, beautiful architecture. I have never been there, but it looked lovely. And then the second thing I thought was really interesting because Hohi has a cardigan that she calls Recoleta. Mm -hmm. And it is named after the beautiful neighborhood in my home city is what she writes on the pattern page for Recoleta. And in the Recoleta neighborhood, there is a well-known cemetery, the Recoleta Cemetery, which is well-known for its architecture, statues, and very elaborate historical monuments. Oh, wow. So if you get a chance, look that up online. It's beautiful. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. So Buenos Aires looks like a wonderful place to visit. (laughs) It does. I've seen some pictures of it. And Argentina is huge. It's a very large country, too. So, Yay. All right. Who's our next designer? What's the next stop around the world? So one of my favorite knits this year was the Evening Dew cardigan designed by Ririko. And she lives in Japan. She's a designer that I have stocked many of her designs and I can't wait to knit more. Ririko's profile doesn't say where in Japan she is from, but I have been stalking her Instagram account and she showed a photo of herself in Fukuoka, Japan. And I'm not familiar with Japan, of course, so I looked up that location and found that there is a beautiful castle located there and it is recommended to visit in April during the cherry blossom season. Oh, I would love to go there during the yeah. season. Yeah. I have often gone to cherry blossom festivals in San Francisco and it was always very beautiful, something I remember from my childhood. So, yeah, that sounds lovely. (laughs) So that is Ririko from Japan. And we're going to take a little pit stop into Canada. And this is because (laughs) I would say it was one of my favorite knits from 2020 also. It was the Dottie Cardigan by Stephanie Jessica Luau. And she lives in Canada. She is all about Ami on Ravelry. And we stalked her near the end of 2019 because I saw the Dottie cardigan and then when Josie requested a sweater that's the sweater I ended up knitting for her and you know it's a success when every time you see your child she's wearing the sweater that you knit for her yeah definitely and she keeps texting me when she gets a compliment from somebody while she's wearing it and she texted me about a week after I knit it and said, it's like wearing a warm, love-filled hug. Oh, that's so, so yes, sweet. So yes, that was a big win for 2020. And that was Canada. And I know we also have a lot of friends who listen in Canada and everything too. So hello to the Canadians <laughs> out there. I am going to stay in Canada as well. And 
visit the western coast of Canada above Washington State. We are visiting Vancouver, British Columbia, to be exact, which is the listed home of Tin Can Knits. Yay! I knit three versions of their Love Note sweater this year, and I believe I knit a couple of hats as well. Possibly oh, the barley hat, and I think there was one other. Was it gathered together or something like that? There was another it one you knit at least been, twice. Yes. Yeah. So, love the Tin Can Knits patterns. I especially love my Love Note sweaters. And I knit one too, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And let's see, I looked up Vancouver as well. And what is Vancouver famous for? I have heard of salmon, fresh fish from Vancouver. I've heard that it rains a lot there. And the photos that I saw of Vancouver were very beautiful with the snow covered mountains surrounding the city. Oh, in the background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. I wonder in 2019, if there was a way to do the most knit sweater via Ravelry, a Ravelry search, if it would be Love Note. Because so know. many people knit that sweater. Yeah. I bet you that it's in the tens of thousands. There's probably a way to limit your search by year. Because that would be really interesting. It was in hot right now for a really, really long time. But Very there were lots sweater. of sweaters. So. There were. There were. <laughs> but that one really struck a chord with a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. Now we are heading down under where I wanted to mention designer Amber O'Brien. She is an Australian, Australian shawl designer that I stock quite frequently. And I wanted to mention her sun shower shawl pattern because she has released it. It was previously part of a shawl club, but it's currently being offered as a fundraiser for Australian bushfire relief. And sending so much love to everybody in Australia, yes. all the animals, and it's a bad time there. It is. And the wildfires that are currently spreading across Australia and, and have been burning for months are getting a lot of media attention right now. And I, one thing, I just want to warn everyone to be careful because the fake opportunist donation collectors seem to be springing up everywhere. That's awful. So make sure that if you are donating, you're donating to a valid collection agency. Yeah, researcher charities. Researcher charities, absolutely. And something like this, I'm sure somebody who lives in Australia has a good handle on the valid donation mm -hmm. collection agencies. So again, Amber O'Brien's sun shower shawl pattern is being offered as a fundraiser right now. I believe she said she's donating 100% of the proceeds. I think she said up to a certain date because I just got her newsletter oh, okay. a couple days ago. Yeah, and there is there is a date. Yeah, right. and I think she said so far she's raised 24000 Australian dollars. Wow. Yeah, that That's she's donated amazing. already. Amazing. So Amazing. Thank, thank you, Amber. Knitters. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you, Amber. Yes. Pretty amazing. And we can't leave Australia without saying hello to Helen Stewart from Curious Handmade. <laughs> so she did live in the UK for a really, really long time, but she relocated back to her homeland of Australia over this last summer. 
So she is now an Australian designer. Well, she's always been an Australian designer, but she was living in the UK. So Helen Stewart, we have knit so many of her shawls and I've knit many of her hats and her mitts and we've knit her cowls and she's a great accessory designer and we couldn't fail to mention her in any discussion of Over Australia. the holidays, I cast on one of her cowls, actually. So I'm yes. excited to see that, by the way. <laughs> yes. And another cowl that I recently finished was my Jessica Jones cowl. And that is designed by Smanay, who is a designer from New Zealand. And I looked up New Zealand, and apparently one of the things that New Zealand is known for, and now, the numbers change depending on the year, so I can't give an exact number, but apparently it is very safe to say that, yes, there are more sheep than people in <laughs> New Zealand, possibly as many as 10 times, 10 times as many sheep as people in New Zealand. One of my regular spin students from my stationary cycling spin at the gym, she is a U.S. geological researcher. And she just left two weeks ago for a six-month sabbatical in New Zealand. Oh, and I wow. said, say hi to the sheep for me. <laughs> All right. So we're heading back up towards the equator now. And we're going to make a quick stop in Africa. In Johannesburg, South Africa, to be exact, which is the home of designer Noma Endelovu. I talked about her several episodes because I think she is probably one of my more stocked designers for 2019. I talked about her ruched shawl as well as her Kanisa cardigan and she had several others that I mentioned as well. So I think one of her patterns is definitely in my in future. future. Yeah. Yeah, she had I don't remember the name of it, but it was like a peplum t-shirt. Oh, that yes. Really, I remember really that one, too. That one was all over Instagram for a while, too. I really liked it. Yeah, someone, I don't know if it was in the self-indulgent knit-along thread or somewhere, they commented, they thanked you for talking about her in mm -hmm. stocking, and they went off and got down that rabbit hole, and she bought, I think, Holtz garn, coast yarn, to knit that top. Awesome. So I that remember was the, that. The big circle that yes. brought me back to that pattern. Yes. So that's Noma and Lovu. And my African story is just a little personal recount. I've been to Morocco a few times, which is an amazing place. And when I was in Fez, I was able to see one of the areas where they dye the wool. And if you walk through the souks, which are these giant maze-like shopping areas with little tiny stalls if you get into the right area you walk through like where there's material hanging down into the walkways or sometimes there's wool hanging down into the walkways and mike and i stumbled past all the wool and i said <laughs> oh my gosh look at the wool and it's That's mostly awesome. used for weaving oriental rugs so it is not yarn that you use for garments it is definitely long i would think staple length wool mm -hmm. so definitely not next to your skin wool and as you walk around this area you can see where they have all their dye stuff so I, they brought me back to where all their dyes were and mm -hmm. i got to see cochineal and all these other powdered dyes and i bought some of the cochineal and i've never used it <laughs> so hopefully its potency doesn't leave or anything 
but just to be able to see the actual process in a different place yeah. was so fascinating. Very it was, cool. It was very, very cool. So thank you, Morocco, for many an interesting visit. Did you know our friends at Lolo Body Care, formerly known as Barmaids, just introduced a sustainable bag program? To encourage eco-friendly shopping, they've created a more sustainable way to shop at events, which is great for those of us Yarniacs who like to shop in person. <laughs> who should she be talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to how it works. Buy a 100% organic cotton certified fair trade Lolo Eco bag on their website or at an event. If you purchased online, bring the bag to an upcoming event where Lolo will be vending, like Vogue Knitting Live in New York, January 17th through 19th, or Stitches West in Santa Clara, California, February 20th through 23rd. Purchase Lolo body care products at an event with your bag in hand and get $1 off your purchase. You'll be able to do this again and again, year after year. By the way, the bag is sized for smaller bulk purchases, or in knitting terms, a one-project bag. It's also perfect as a sustainable gift bag. Go to lolobodycare.com, that's L-O-L-O bodycare.com, and get your bag today. Don't forget, for Yarniacs listeners only, Lolo Body Care is offering a 10% discount this month to kick the year off right. Use discount code YARNIACS2020 when checking out to get your 10% discount. Thank you, Lolo. And I did take advantage of that 10% discount. They sell trial sizes of mm -hmm. the little face puddings. They have three different oh, types yeah. of the face pudding. Yeah. So I got two trial sizes to see which one I like better by the time Stitches gets here. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I will be ready to purchase some of the cuticle sticks for myself. Because as you were reading, I'm sitting here noticing how dry my hands are and realizing that I haven't been using my cuticle stick. So I need to be better and have one in my purse at all times. Yeah, I have one <laughs> next to my desk. I have one in my bag. I think I have one in the car, too. There might be one in here. So those are one of our staples. You love the lip stuff. Mm -hmm. We both love the cuticle stick and I love their for feet sake that you rub on your mm -hmm. feet so soft yeah all right well thank you again Lolo so now we're going to journey up towards Europe and I'd like to start first in France I lived in France from 2008 to 2010 and I think Ravelry is the coolest thing ever because I made friends in France <laughs> before I even moved there. Yeah, that's awesome. Using the forums in Ravelry. So I met a very dear friend, Louise, who is Lou Knits on Ravelry. And I also met another dear friend, Rebecca, who is Rebecca Whip on Ravelry. And if it hadn't been for Ravelry, I don't know how long it would have taken me to meet an American person. And I didn't speak French barely at all when I got there. So for me, it was huge to have a knitting friend or two who I could speak to, Definitely. communicate with. Yeah. They could tell me where the yarn stores were because, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, you have those days where you just need yarn. And I was just able to visit with Louise about once a week for a long time and just sit in it for a little while. And it made my life so much better. It made the homesickness not as acute and 
it was all because of Ravelry. Yeah. I couldn't have done that without the Ravelry forums. So. And that's what I meant when I said makes the world a smaller place. Exactly. Or you said, I can't remember. One Doesn't of matter. Us said. We both did. <laughs> and also Isabel. I met Isabel, who is the podcaster of the Fluffy Fibers podcast. And she is also a designer. I just finished her mitts, the My Cup of Tea mitts. And I've also knit at least two of her shawl patterns. So I have a little tiny community of friends in the southern part of France near Montpellier, thanks to Ravelry. And one other friend here is a UK mention. So lots of friends in the UK, but one of them is specifically because of Ravelry, and that's Sarah, a spell of winter. So I couldn't not mention Sarah too. And these, again, just friends that I've met through Ravelry. And now, bringing it even more back to knitting, to Scotland. I just finished... literally a couple days ago, maybe just yesterday, yesterday was Sunday, just yesterday, I finished the Wee Malia sweater by Isolde Teague, who lives in Scotland. And Charlene and I both have knit a lot of Isolde patterns over the years. We both both knit Laika. I knit the Mm -hmm. Coraline sweater. We both knit lots of her shawls. Yeah, I was going to say the Ishbel. That's it. I made several of them. So those. did I. I think yeah. I knit five of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I've knit several of her accessories. She used to have the Whimsical Little Knits books that she did every year. I forgot about those. Yep. Yeah. She does animals. I know I've knit her Elijah Little Elephant at least once. And very talented designer. And I also wanted to mention that she is very active in the LGBTQIA community. And for those of you who don't know what that acronym means, it is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning, intersexual, and asexual. And I appreciate her action in that community and the fact that she speaks out and speaks for underrepresented people. And I have very close ties to that community and I think that's one thing that came up in 2019, along with racism, where the knitting people had a chance to speak out for what they believe in. And thank you, Solda, for being a loud voice in that community. Mm-hmm. And also in Scotland, we have the Shetland Islands. So Shetland sheep. Mm-hmm. It was funny as I was looking up the Shetland Islands, I didn't know exactly where they were. Well, they're part of Scotland. And... They said that it's also the home, of course, of the Shetland Pony, which makes sense once you hear the name, but it had never occurred to me, and the Shetland Sheepdog. So if you don't know, Shetland wool is another short staple wool. It's a very fine wool, and it's used for Fair Isle knitting. Fair Isle is one of the Shetland Islands. So that's where... I doubt that's where color work originated, but when I was doing my research, they did say that Fair Isle knitting is very specifically, usually no more than five colors total. It's never more than two colors per row. It's always knit in the round, and there are never very long floats. Mm -hmm. So those were specific to Fair Mm -hmm. Isle versus stranded knitting could have multiple colors per row. It could have many more colors. It could have longer floats, could be knit flat. So I always wondered what the difference was between stranded knitting and Fair Isle knitting. And when they showed pictures of Fair Isle sweaters, they were what I think of as very intricate, heavy designs that were just, they looked like they would take a really, really long time to knit. (laughs) And my friend Louise, who I met 
via Ravelry, who lived in France, she introduced me to Shetland wool. And basically, she was the first person I'd ever seen who was knitting Fair Isle sweaters. She mm-hmm. did, who's the famous colorwork Fair Isle designer? You did one of her sweaters in the knitting class you did. She's super famous, and they have, her books are like $100 to buy one of her books that have these intricate Fair Isle designs. I'll put it in our Ravelry group because I know exactly who you're talking about. I just about. can't think the of her designer name. of Tudor Roses. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe it'll come to us, but that type of design is what Louise was working on when I, she wasn't working on it while she was speaking to me because right. they're very, very <laughs> intricate, but she was very talented at knitting that level of color work knitting. So it, reading about the Shetland Islands was really interesting. And they also mentioned that the Shetland wool underwent a huge um, industry that, I mean, basically the industry suffered for a while from, from plagiarism where other yarn manufacturers were claiming that theirs was Shetland wool and Shetland is a specific breed of sheep. Well, they don't only live in the Shetland islands anymore, but they, it is a very specific um, sheep breed. And they said it's one of the smallest British breeds, but it's hardy long-lived and easy to care for and they're so cute they're so so cute (laughs) and i believe the designer we were trying to remember is alice starmore yes starmore (laughs) thank you so much i was thinking roses stars but (laughs) i couldn't make the connection so shetland islands right near the coast of scotland and if we go a little north we can land in denmark which is the home base for Holstgarn, which is a yarn that both Gail and I have used quite a bit of yep. this year. One of my favorites. I have used their yarn called Coast, which according to their website is sourced from New Zealand and Argentina. In my stash, I have some of their Super Soft, which is sourced from Australia and New Zealand. Tides is sourced from Australia and New Zealand as well. And then Noble is sourced from South Africa. Now, Noble is the one that is the Geelong and Cashmere, mm-hmm. which I used for, I think it was my Beckett sweater this year. And I was extremely surprised how wonderful that yarn felt after I washed it and blocked it because it turned out so fuzzy and soft. It was I just loved that yarn and I have not purchased any more yet, but I definitely would like to get more in the future. Should we tell everyone that it's 10% off in January? I think we can. I think <laughs> the they'll whole be enough. website is ten percent <laughs> off for the month of January. Yes, and now Geelong, as we discovered when I used the yarn, it is a large breed merino from the Geelong County in Australia, and I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. We are, and yes, and I I apologize. I didn't look it up. One of our listeners did send me, did correct us. Yeah, and, and I don't remember. I don't how to remember. It. I'm I sorry. just remember I was pronouncing it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So I do apologize for that. I try to look that up generally, but that is noble, sourced 
sourced from South America and Holstgarn located in Denmark. And then in Germany, we have one of my favorite yarn dyers slash providers, which is Wollmice. And their actual name is Rohrpops Wollmice. And it's a married couple, Andreas and Claudia Hull Wellman. And they, Rohrpops is supposed to mean pipe sparrow because he is a metal craftsman. Mm. And Wollmice means wood tit, which is a, a little tiny bird that lives there. And so they obviously have a thing for birds. Yes. And <laughs> They are, some of their different yarns are called birdies, and I'm not sure if those were minis or what they were. I didn't investigate, but I've knit several sweaters, one this year in the Woolmise Lace Garn. Mm-hmm. I knit my Maypop hoodie in that, and that's 100% merino, 1,722 yards per skein. So it's a very, very large put up. And the other one I used was the DK and I use that for my second Cleo sweater that is also 100% merino. And that put up is 468 yards. So very generous put ups. And Louise, my friend in France, also introduced me to Wilmice yarn. And that was right about the time that it was just selling like hotcakes. You mm-hmm. could not get a skein of this unless you were really crafty shopping <laughs> online or happened to be in Germany. It was very high demand yarn. And at the time, I used to think it was a pretty high price point yarn too. Mm -hmm. But now, I don't want to say it's ubiquitous, but now one of our local yarn stores sells it. So I can actually walk down in Santa Cruz and buy it. So you can get it online through many providers around the world and they do ship worldwide. So now it's something that I think most people can get if they want it. It's no longer such a hard to find yarn. They have so many colorways and everything from solids to very highly variegated. They don't have too many speckles, but lots of really pretty colors. And I would say now that it's one of the better price point yarns because I think I've purchased most of mine via D-Stash and I can get a skein of lace garn for about $50 in the U.S. And that's a whole sweater's worth of yarn, 1,700 yards. So that's a really great price point. So that's Wollmise yarn in Germany. And I don't think any discussion about yarn would be complete if you and I didn't mention Malabrigo. Correct. <laughs> Uruguay in South America is where Malabrigo yarn is dyed. And I believe it's all sourced in South America, all the wool. I believe. I believe it, it is, is all, from quote, local. Yes. I don't know if it all comes from Uruguay, but it is all local to them wool and oh their wool is just so divine i know we've knit a ton of malabrigo sock over the years my very first sweater ever was malabrigo worsted that's right which is their single ply that's right and i love their rios even though i don't knit a lot of sweaters in that worsted weight i love to knit with that yarn and i have made a few i also really like arroyo which is more of a sport weight but plied like the Rios is and that one is wonderful to knit mm-hmm. as well <laughs> so many different bases that are really fun to knit with and their colors are just phenomenal too. they are really amazing super there beautiful so many that I love <laughs> our friend Carol is knitting a whole boxy sweater with Anniversario mm-hmm. no 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 she's she just finished her confetti with Anniversario oh, okay so 
some wild colors. Anniversario is a very, very colorful and highly variegated beautiful, yarn. Beautiful, though. Yes, absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still trying to get my hands on a sweater quantity of Rios and Paris Nights, which is a beautiful dark, 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 dark blue. blue. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I love Paris Nights. Sigh. <laughs> So we wanted to end our trip around the world back home in the U.S. And in the U.S., I have used a Cormo yarn from Sincere Sheep, which has become one of my favorites. I've used Sincere Sheep's Cormo Sport and Cormo Fingering, and I absolutely love both. This year, I used the Cormo Fingering to knit Another version of Elizabeth Doherty's Donner sweater, mm-hmm. which I love the sweater and I love the yarn. The Cormo is interesting because a lot of the yarns we spoke about previously are often very well traveled. For example, yes. I mentioned the yarns from Holst Garn, even though Holst is in Denmark, where they do the this let's see all of the yarn is shipped from Denmark the sourcing comes from all over the world and I'm not even sure where it is processed and dyed but large carbon footprint in that case yes the yarn can be better traveled than you are Uh (laughs) by the time you get it because then you also are shipping the yarn across the globe perhaps Mm -hmm. to the individual purchaser so something very different comes from sincere sheep where it's a much much smaller carbon footprint i guess if you will the cormo comes from specifically nine mile ranch in casey wyoming is spun in buffalo new york and then brooke does her dyeing in Napa, California. So it still is taking a trip across the country, but a little bit smaller mm-hmm. of a carbon footprint, if you will. And the, let's see, I looked up on the website and what it specifically said about the Cormo and why I love the Cormo, I suspect, is because it is 19 microns which means that it is on the soft end of yarn, yarns, and it is definitely next to skin soft. And it's also just so plump and juicy. It really is. It's so airy and light. Mm -hmm. In one skein of the fingering, I believe it was about 500 yards and it just feels so light and my sweater feels so light so when i say that i'm talking the yarn is is lightweight in mass loftier loftier Mm -hmm. yes for example perhaps i can't remember if the skein is four ounces or 100 grams i suspect maybe it's four ounces it there's 500 yards as opposed to a lot of skeins fingering weight skein fingering weight yarns which will only have 400 right so the yarn itself is just very very light it's wonderful and i love cormo and i look forward to getting another sweater quantity this year yes yeah, she will be at stitches as she is every year and yes. every year we wander through her 
through her booth drooling. <laughs> I bought a really large put up of Cormo lace last year and I just haven't found the right project yeah. for it. But I want her pink Cormo. <laughs> there's this lovely light pink and all of her yarns are naturally dyed. i was just going to mention that yeah. as opposed to a lot of the other yarns that we mentioned the sincere sheep yarns are all dyed from flowers and seeds and things found in plant, nature plant, plant yeah materials yeah yeah i did a natural dyeing class with her one year my mother's day present and it was really really interesting she died with marigold and i can't remember what the other one was at the moment but just fantastic how the plant material works to dye your yarn yeah very yeah. cool it's beautiful well and you just mentioned that you used her cormo fingering for a donner my donner by yes. elizabeth doherty mm -hmm. and i know you used your cormo sport for a Clio. That's true. By Elizabeth Doherty. <laughs> and I'm going to wrap up our designers with Elizabeth Doherty because I thought we kicked it off with Hohe, one of our all-time favorites, and we're going to end it with Elizabeth, who is one <laughs> of our all-time favorites. And we also know Elizabeth. She's a friend of ours. She's a fantastically thoughtful, considerate, very intelligent person. We always love chances to hang out with Elizabeth. And we're going to get to see her at Stitches also. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, and I'm about to cast on my Markley sweater, which will be my second Yay. Markley by Elizabeth Doherty. And her patterns are just fantastic. They're very, very detailed. If you happen to purchase one and see that it is many, many pages long, don't be concerned. The many pages are very, very detailed, thoughtful pattern notes is what they are. So... Fantastic schematics, fantastic everything. She thinks of every single detail, such as in a drop-shouldered sweater, if you have to do a joining underneath the arm, she will tell you to leave 16 inches of waist yarn so that you can seam it later. I mean, every little detail is thought out in her, her patterns, and it really shows when you see them. They're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. One of the things I love about the many Elizabeth patterns that I have knit is that her numbers are always right. <laughs> oh, I know. Her technical editing. We know her technical editor, too, Lori, and she's on it. She does, does not make mistakes. And I am pretty famous for finding incorrect numbers in patterns when I knit them. I feel like, why am I always the one who has to find the number? And her numbers are always right. So that makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I did look through my... All the sweaters that I knit last year, I did knit quite a few. She is one of the only U.S. designers of sweaters that I knit last year. Oh, interesting. All of the rest were from different parts of the world. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. So thank you, Elizabeth, for being so delightful. So now I just want to delve into a little bit of knitting history. And we're actually going back to Africa. So indulge me and climb aboard our Wayback Machine, and we'll have Mr. Peabody take us to ancient Egypt around the 3rd or 4th century, where we find our crafter using a technique called null binding to create wool socks. Now, this is interesting, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because these socks that have been dated back to the 3rd or 4th century have 
been created using seven hues of wool. Wow. And they're striped. Cool. I mean, here it is. A new decade, many centuries later, and we are still making striped socks. (laughs) (laughs) We have not progressed very far. (laughs) But they were dyed using natural dyes, of course. And the researcher who studied the dyes found that it was matter root used for the red. It was woed leaves for the blue and weld flowers for the yellow. People still use those same Exactly. Exactly. And some of the colors were mixed to create green, purple, and orange. And in some cases, the different fibers were spun together to create an optical color meaning they may have taken the red yarn or the red wool, I should say, and the blue wool, and then spun them together to create an optical purple. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, they found that the fibers went through multiple dye baths to create other colors. So this is third or fourth century we're talking and we're still using those techniques today which is very very cool that is amazing and it is interesting to note that the socks that i'm talking about i believe are one of the oldest examples of knitting and it wasn't exactly knitting as we do it today but i'll talk about that in a minute but it's interesting to note that the socks had individual toes and were designed to have a specific left and right foot. Yeah. Wow. So toe socks, kind of. I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) Toe socks. Yeah. So they were knit with a craft called null binding, I mentioned. And what is null binding? It predates knitting and crochet in the historical record. And it is a one-needle technique for creating fabric that looks almost like knitting. I've seen the null binding fabric before, and it it does it it very it looks very reminiscent of knitting, but it's done with one needle. Hmm. Yeah, I've often thought it would be fun to learn this. I remember Terry, who is Holiday in our group. Right. She has done null binding. Oh. I remember she was making, I think, an iPad cover using the null binding technique. And I thought it was so cool. (laughs) I read that and I thought, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a one needle technique. And I think the needle is just about three or four inches long and you has a big eye and you put your yarn through that and basically you learn a pattern of weaving it in and out of the loops and create your fabric wow and doing that in the round to make the socks or maybe they seamed the socks yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure but Hmm. i just thought that was very cool very interesting and all of that information i got from the october 2018 smithsonian magazine cool yeah yeah so climb back aboard our wayback machine and head back to 2020 yeah (laughs) and we're still 
enjoying this amazing craft. Well, amazing crafts, plural, knitting, spinning, mm-hmm. crocheting, dyeing, all the things that we do to bring ourselves joy. Absolutely. And peace and all the other things. Yes. Wow. That was very fun. That was fun. It was very fun. You guys know how we like to do our anniversary and <laughs> significant podcast episodes with something completely unusual. Completely different. Little trip around the world. Well, we kind of bopped around the world. Yeah, we did. It did not flow in a logical manner. But that was part of the fun. We tried, but then, yeah. (laughs) That was really fun. So thank you to all of you everywhere who are listening, near and far. Who have joined us on this eight-year journey. Thank you so much. Happy anniversary to Gail. Happy anniversary to our listeners. And to you and hopefully many more. Many, many Because we still don't have an exit plan. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.